Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time for our early look at next week's lines, and with me to break it all down is Sean Green, the co-creator and co-host of the Sports Gambling Podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Sean T. Green. Sean, thanks for coming back on the show. How's it going? Oh, man, uh, great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, kind of a uh, weird week six, but uh, yeah, looking forward to breaking down these week seven lines. How was it for you, by the way? Because I'm going to have full disclosure. I will talk about it on our Thursday show where we make our actual picks. But I hit all my picks that I listed on the show, but I pretty much otherwise was terrible for the week. <laughs> I just did not have a good sense for this week. Every time I, I almost tried to go contrarian at times to be like, well, this is what the, you know, almost against the public, but it just wasn't really working for me. How about you? Were you uh, relatively on point this week or yeah. not really? Yeah. So, uh, you know, my big moves. Uh, as far as betting, I, you know, like the five picks for the, uh, NFL super contest, I went, yes, three, yes. I went, I went three and two and, Ooh. uh, you know, kind of on like, uh, I think 11 and four, the last 15, but yeah, I mean, I started off rough, but I feel like I'm kind of dialed in a couple things threw me off this week. I love that Steelers play. I'm, I'm kicking myself for not, uh, taking more action on it, but, um, yeah, and hit my lock, which was uh, Seattle, so that was good. But uh, the rest, the stuff, the stuff I didn't feel great about, I was off on. But the stuff I felt really good on, I was hitting. So that's kind of that always feels good. Well, I'm kind of the opposite, unfortunately. In the super <laughs> contest, I went one and four this week, uh, and I yeah. started off like twelve and three, and was just marching. I don't know. <laughs> I was I was just off this week, but we're gonna get back on track. In the meantime, however. First, let's just take a look at all the Week 7 lines on an early basis. Now, we're going to be using the consensus odds over at bettingpros.com. Unless this is your first time listening to this podcast, you know that the consensus odds are an aggregation of the odds that are available in the market. As always, there are going to be differences at the various sports books, so make sure to shop around for the best odds. Also, if you want to see how some of the top sports betting experts are leaning on any given bet at any given time, bettingpros.com is going to show you that too. All right, Sean, let's dive right in here with the Chiefs at the Broncos on Thursday night. The Chiefs currently laying three and a half. The over-under is at 49. I checked earlier today. It was at 50, so it's dropped a bit. Two teams kind of heading in opposite directions a bit here. The Chiefs coming off back-to-back losses. The Broncos back-to-back wins. We're in Denver. It's a short week. How do you feel here? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm kind of uh, surprised that the Chiefs spread wasn't a little higher. I, I mean, their history against the Broncos, their ATS history, I thought they would have opened it a little higher. Um, but yeah, I guess they're just kind of riding. I think there could be a little recency bias in this line because the Chiefs have lost two in a row. The Broncos have won two in a row. Are the Broncos really that red hot? Are the Chiefs really that bad? I guess we'll find out Thursday night. But I, honestly, I thought this... If I had to guess this spread, I would have thought they would make it a little bit higher and put it closer towards six, honestly. I could not agree with you more. And I, I get worried when I see lines yeah. like that because I feel like, you know, the Chiefs are, have generally been a public team. I don't know if the if the books are banking on the fact that maybe because they've lost now the last two games that maybe the public's going to be off it. But this game, to me, screams take the Chiefs. And that always makes me a little worried. And then I assume <laughs> they know that the public is going to hammer the Chiefs on it. And I think they are in the early going here. I mean, the Broncos, the Broncos weren't as bad, you know, as uh, an 0-4 team that they started out because they, they were in a lot of those games, right? Of course. But really, the Chiefs 
can score on anyone. It doesn't matter how many injuries they have on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not sure if Sammy Watkins is going to be back here. Um, Tyreek Hill came back. They're running backs. Whoever they use there, they're all healthy right now. LaShawn McCoy, yeah. Damian Williams, right? Daryl Williams. So, you know, and Mahomes didn't seem that limited by the ankle that, that cropped up. So they're going to be able to put up points here. And the Broncos have, you know, okay, great. You you beat the Titans that are in disarray so much so that they benched Marcus Mariota in the beginning. And the Chargers, you're kind of seeing here, were kind of paper tigers with how badly they were beaten last night. You mentioned it with the Steelers. So, it's not like they've been overly impressive there. So for me, I, I completely agree with you. I, I really expected this line to be higher. I, Thursday lines don't usually move that much. We're recording on Monday afternoon. They don't usually move that much from the time we record. But if anything, I would expect it maybe to dip a little bit in the Chiefs' direction. But I'm a little worried because I had the same reaction that you did. So it is something where uh, we're going to watch. But I agree. I expected it to be much higher. And I wouldn't be surprised. If you like the Broncos, I'd wait. Um, you know, because I think I, I highly doubt it's going to get down to three or anything like that. If anything, it's going to yeah. go higher. Yeah, the late money will probably push this up. Yeah, I agree. Raiders at Packers here. Packers laying six and a half over under at 46 and a half. As I mentioned, we are recording this on Monday afternoon. That is before Monday night football. Let's assume going into this right now, no major injuries coming for the Packers tonight. Let's also assume that Devonta Adams does not play because it sounds like it's still a little bit of a long term injuries. And I know wide receivers don't really move the line all that much. But when we're thinking about it, I'm sure the odds makers are taking that into consideration. On the other side of the ball, the Raiders are a little frisky you know they they might even be coming like a a public team a little bit they're coming off the bye and off of beating up on uh the uh bears out in london packers are on a short week versus the raiders on a bye how do you feel here six and a half over under 46 and a half yeah i mean i just think this is uh no respect for the raiders by the uh book here i i i would have had this a little bit lower and i'm a guy who I talked a ton of crap about John Gruden, a ton of crap on this Raiders team. He doesn't know what he's doing. This team's (laughs) going to be a disaster. And they've looked pretty competent. I mean, they beat the Bears. They beat the Colts. Like, those are quality wins in London, in Indianapolis. I mean, that that West Coast to London trip is insane. Um, Yeah, I I was surprised it's this high for the Raiders. And, uh, again, like you pointed out, the rest disparity – Monday to a bye week. That's a pretty big uh, difference. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, this feels a little high to me, honestly. No, it does to me too. I think that odds makers probably just, you know, the Packers are so public and I'm sure they just kind of take that into consideration. Right. But I, I think right now, look, the, I don't want to take anything away from the Packers, you know, barring what they look like tonight. God, you know, I, I really hope they don't just completely come out and lay an egg because no, they've, they've been good. You know, it's not overly impressive without Devontae Adams. Um, you know, they, they ran all over the Cowboys. Um, not necessarily that that's going to be the case. Although, again, the Raiders don't have a great run defense right now. Vontez Burvick is now out for the season. You know, they've had injuries to their linebackers. So maybe they're just thinking um, about that. And, of course, their Packers are going to be home at Lambeau. But really, I mean, coming off the bye versus coming off the short week, that really makes me nervous. So I don't think we're going to get past the key number here of seven, um, but I agree. I kind of expected it to be a little closer. My guess is this is where it ends up. It has not moved. And again, the Packers haven't played yet, but it hasn't moved, I don't think, since the look ahead line. So we're probably right on where it's going to be. Let's move on to the Dolphins at the Bills. I can't remember the last time the Bills were favored by 16 and a half um, with an over under on 39 and a half. I do want on record that on Thursday's show, I did 
pick the Dolphins to cover, and I was never worried about it, not for a second. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to pick them to cover here. Look, we actually don't even know who the starting quarterback is at the moment for the Dolphins. Um, I think they came out and basically said that we still view Josh Rosen as the starter, so maybe that's the case. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick certainly looked a little better this week against the Redskins. Uh, meanwhile, the Bills, the, look, I undersold their defense completely. I, I refuse to buy into it for like the first three games, but it is absolutely legitimate. They're coming off a bye. They may get Devin Singletary back. I, I don't know what to do with these giant lines. So, I mean, w- what are you doing here? Bills, 16 and a half, over under of 39 and a half at home. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. The NFL we're living in where these giant spreads keep covering. I, I it doesn't make sense because normally in the NFL, it's such there's so much parity, and you get these giant numbers, you just blindly take them. But uh, they've actually the the giant numbers have have been good for the favorites. And you mentioned when was the last time the Bills have been favored by this much? I actually looked it up. Uh, I saw online it was uh, the regular season opener back in 1993. They were 14 point favorites. So. This is insane. See, this is why I bring you on the podcast, okay? Because you're going to do the research <laughs> and look that stuff up for me. Well, I mean, what do you think? I, I All right, right now you have to make a call. I'm not going to really hold you to it. But if you had to make a call, is this line something that you would be going for the Bills or what? Yeah, and I, I think I think you got to take the Bills here, even though this – because what we're dealing with here, the Dolphins, their historical anomaly, Right. I mean, think about it. The Redskins fired their coach last week, and they were three-and-a-half-point road favorites. I tried to find the research on that. I couldn't find another time when someone fired – the team was going so bad, they fired their coach, and yet they were laying points on the road. Insane. And this Dolphins team doesn't travel. This Bills defense is legit. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this score was like 17-0. Well, what you say, by the way, just to make that clear – I do like the under. I, I realize yeah. it's a low number, 39 and a half. But, I mean, the Dolphins, I can't imagine that they're going to be able to do anything. I mean, the Redskins have a terrible defense. Put aside whatever you want to say about Case Keenum getting back in there and focusing on the run and Adrian Peterson and Terry McLaurin and all that stuff. They have a terrible defense, okay? They're, they're not able to really, you know, hold anybody in check. And, you know, the Dolphins got to 16 points by replacing Rosen with Fitzmagic yep. over there. But they're not – I mean, what are they going to put up? You know, maybe 10? You might give them a touchdown if everything breaks right and you know the bills while they're certainly a competent football team they're not an offensive juggernaut i don't care who the defense is on the other side so 39 and a half i kind of like the under here yeah i mean look just look at that what that patriots team when they went into buffalo now granted this pats team uh, as far as the offense isn't firing on all cylinders but they really struggled to put up points in a you know in buffalo where they've traditionally had success uh being able to score on the bills and i think it just shows how good this uh, Bills defense is. Yeah, well, if for me, I mean, I lean the under and I lean the Bills. I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> not not by a strong amount, just because I don't think the Bills are really the type of team that's going to put up 24 points, you know, on any given week or anything like that. So the 16 and a half is a lot. But you know what? I made my money banking on the Dolphins to cover. They covered against the Redskins, and I think I'm moving on from them. So let's also move on to two kind of dumpster fire of teams over here. Rams at Falcons. Rams are currently laying three and a half. The early line was three, so it's moved a little bit in favor of the Rams. The over-under here is at a whopping 53. I mean, look, the Falcons offense, it's great. Matt Ryan is playing great. The defense cannot stop 
anyone whatsoever. Meanwhile, Jared Goff is coming off a game where he threw for 78 yards against the 49ers. The offense looks completely out of sorts. We don't know about whether Todd Gurley or Aqib Tlaib is going to play here. This feels like, to me, a spot for the Rams to kind of get right a little bit. I think the Falcons are just kind of done until then. Quinn is fired. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this Falcons team, they've really, really uh, checked out. I mean, uh, yeah, they're they're figuring out ways to lose in all different fashions. You're totally right on a possible get-right game for this Rams team. This offense, they're in a dome going up against a horrible defense. If Jared Goff can't get it going here, I, I just don't think he can get it going. Three and a half, as far as the number, probably makes sense. But I wouldn't be surprised if this gets bet up a little bit because, I mean, the Falcons have just looked horrible any scenario, and even ATS. Uh, I don't think they can give this Falcons team enough points. But, yeah, people are out on Goff, and I've made fun of Goff for a long time now. I say, I say I'm the owner of Jared Goff Sucks Island. Uh <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think it's an island anymore, yeah, man. I, I think it's you know a continent at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an island in the same way that uh, Australia is an island or whatever. <laughs> right. um, it's just growing, but yeah, I I, I totally agree. Uh, Cup, I think, and uh, golf, they get going here. So I think I think this actually may go up, and if you like the Rams, you may be able to find a minus three somewhere, and you may want to bet that now. And I'm not kidding. I mean, I'd, I'd take it at three and a half and not be overly concerned about it. I think if you like the Rams getting now, it, I don't think it's going back to three. Nobody in their right mind can back Atlanta at this point. A lot of people did, myself included, back them. You know, the spread went, I believe they were originally laying one to the Cardinals. Then they wound up laying two and a half by the time it closed. And that, of course, didn't go well. Although if Matt Bryan had hit, you know, an extra point, perhaps they <laughs> would have done it. But um in the end, this look, the Rams have to get right. I, I get there's a blueprint on them right now about how to kind of contain them. But in the end, you got to get pressure on Goff to make them uncomfortable. And I just don't think the Falcons are going to be able to do that. So I do think, you know, I get that it's an away game. But if you like the Rams personally, as I do, I think I'd get in on it now because it's not going to get lower. I don't I don't think it's going back to three. Yeah. If you can get a three, get in now. But I, if you like them also, I think it's a better chance that it rises, you know, more like Rams four could close at four and a half or something like that as opposed to three and a half. Yeah, I mean, there's a blueprint out uh, on Jared Goff, but I don't trust the Atlanta Falcons to figure out any sort of blueprint. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Let's move on to the Vikings at the Lions. Really interesting game. Um, The Vikings here are laying one. The over-under is at 44. Again, we have not seen how the Lions are going to look tonight, Um, but they've been pretty impressive. I mean, they could easily be 4-0 heading into tonight's game. Uh, They've been doing it uh with all-around solid play on both sides of the ball. On the other side... The Vikings kind of look like they're getting right a little bit. Look to be tightening the ship despite the fact that everybody is, you know, complaining and everything like that. The passing game gets going a little bit into admittedly really soft matchups um, against uh, the Giants and the Eagles. Eagles have a fine defense, but it's all about stopping the run. They're really vulnerable in their secondary. It's essentially a pick here. Vikings saying one over under at 44. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this spread is probably a little uh, inflated on the Vikings side because everyone saw Kirk Cousins go off, and they're like, oh, Kirk Cousins good, is good. Yeah, let's hop on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon. You're pro- to me, it felt like a little inflated. I mean, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, and I, I was seriously worried about our cornerbacks going into that game. I mean, they just couldn't cover. I mean, it was really that simple, and uh, Kirk Cousins got the touchdowns. He got it done. But I do feel like this is a little inflated. 
I think if the Lions have a competitive game or if the Lions win, you could see this definitely switch to Lions. Even, I mean, again, I wouldn't, I would have set this line closer to Lions minus three because I think these are two pretty successful teams, pretty solid teams so far this year. Both dome teams. It's a division matchup. Um, I, I just don't know what what I've seen that makes the Vikings so strong to be uh, this much of a uh, or just to be a road favorite in the division game. I feel I think, like it's a I feel like it's a little bit of undervaluing the Lions. Uh, yeah. to be honest, uh, generally, and I feel like the bookmakers have done that all year. I mean, the Packers line tonight. I think it opened at minus six. It might have closed at minus four or something like that. Um, before that, you know, against the Chiefs, you know, every everybody was all over uh, the Chiefs, I guess, on that one, and, and the Lions wound up covering. So I kind of feel like the Lions still aren't quite getting the respect they deserve. I don't, I don't know necessarily if I agree that it should be the Lions favored by three. This does feel much more like a pick 'em to me. And I think you'd agree you don't you wouldn't expect the line to actually get anywhere close to no, that, right? I mean, no, yeah. no, no. I'm just saying in my head these teams feel closer to even and especially in a division matchup. Um yeah, I, I, I think it would on a neutral field, I guess I would probably have the Vikings by maybe a point. Yeah. So then you factor in home field. I but you're right. I don't think the number will actually move to that. So um yeah, if you like the Vikings, maybe you're right. It probably gets to a pick. Um, but yeah, a lot of that'll determine on what happens tonight. Yeah, in the end, this game is going to be about who you think is going to win. Before we move on, I want to tell everyone about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. You know about BetMGM already, and in particular, the BetMGM Sports app, because it's the easiest and best way to place a bet if you're in the state of New Jersey. Just search for and download the BetMGM Sports app on your phone or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up for an account, and you can place a bet right from your home. And once you sign up for an account, you really need to pay attention because BetMGM offers boosted bets and promotions across all major sports. So you'll occasionally get these preposterous odds on various bets that are not available anywhere else in the market. They also let you track your bet in real time, and they offer early cash-outs where you can settle a bet before the game ends to lock in winnings or cut your losses. And if you sign up right now, you can get a free $500 bet. Here's the deal. When you download the BetMGM Sports app and you sign up using our promo code HARRIS, then your first bet of up to $500 is risk-free. If you lose, BetMGM is going to credit you the amount you lost up to $500 for future wagers. So just download the app and use the promo code HARRIS to claim the promotion, and you can go to BetMGM.com for further details. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet. Visit BetMGM.com for the full list of terms and conditions. And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Sean, let's move on here to the Texans at the Colts. The Colts are laying one, and the over-under is now at 47.5. It has dropped a bit. It was at 48.5 when I first saw it. The Texans are dealing with a couple of injuries here. Titus Howard, their right tackle, and Bradley Roby, one of their corners, are both going to miss some time. There's lots of early money on the Colts here who are coming off a bye. This is maybe a little bit of a letdown spot here for the Texans coming off the giant win against the Chiefs. And with the Colts, they're getting a little healthier, of course, with the bye. Darius Leonard has finally cleared the concussion protocol and should play. What do you think here? Colts laying one over under 47 and a half. Yeah, I, I do think this one's going to probably creep up closer to three. Um, like you said, a lot of money coming in on the Colts. 
they're coming off that bye week. And again, Texans, two huge wins back-to-back. They both beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. The game feels pretty evenly matched, and the Colts are good at home. And Colts and Texans are good ATS teams. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets to two and a half, maybe the full three by kickoff. It does seem like, uh, like you said, the, the money's coming in on the Colts. And uh, I think there's a number of matchups that kind of favor them. And especially if they get Leonard back and it sounds like he cleared the protocol, he should play. Uh, that should be huge against uh, the Texans offensive line. Yeah, this is one where I've actually been monitoring it. It opened at minus one. It got bumped almost exactly as you said to two and a half to the point where right before we went on, I was checking where the line was and it had moved back to one. And I wasn't sure if that was a typo. But while you were talking, I went and I was like, oh, maybe I just wrote down the line wrong or something like that. No, when I got there, it had been to two and a half. So it's kind of jumped all over the place. I I can't imagine if you like the Colts, in this game, this is the best you're going to get. So you got to get on it because I completely agree. There's a lot of money, at least early, coming in on the Colts. And it's good. I mean, this is a perfect situation right now for the Colts. I mean, the Texans are really flying high, you know, off yep. that game. And they're not that good. I mean, they're fine, <laughs> um, but they're really not that good. I have no idea why they're not throwing downfield to DeAndre Hopkins or anything like that. Now, they could have won bigger in Kansas City, to be it did, fair. It, I did, mean, it did feel like they left some opportunities on the board. I think Will Fuller himself, you know, left 18 points uh, on the field by <laughs> dropping all the touchdown passes. So, yeah, look, it, it's certainly something where perhaps, you know, realistically you could look at that game and be like, man, the Texans should have destroyed the Chiefs. Absolutely, that's fine. But a rested Colts team, you know, coming off, you know, one of these draining, you know, games for the Texans, I agree that I like the Colts, and I wouldn't be surprised at this. You know, I don't think it'll get to three, but, you know, the fact that it was already at two and a half before coming back down, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it got there. And if you like the Colts, I'd get in now. Let's move on to the Cardinals at the Giants. The Giants here are favored by three. The over-under has moved up to 50.5. This has bounced back a lot here. It opened originally at 49.5, dropped down a bit, then came back up. I'm a little surprised by this line, so I'm interested to hear what you think about it. I mean, the Cardinals are getting Patrick Peterson back. Kyler Murray is starting to play really well, even without Christian Kirk, who could be back. Meanwhile, Saquon Barkley isn't even a lock to come back. I kind of thought that he would be. I thought it was just they're going to wait and see. You know, they're going to hold him out for the Thursday night game. But now it didn't sound all that optimistic, or at least not certain that he's going to come back in this game. Sterling Shepard is probably going to be out again. I kind of thought that this, I, I understand the Giants being favored, but given the fact that Arizona's offense has looked a little better here lately, admittedly in soft matchups, that I kind of thought that this would be more like one, one and a half, two or something like that in favor of the Giants. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I see where you're saying, uh, what you're saying there. I, I think they just kind of, these teams are similar in a lot of ways where they're they really struggle on defense. They're probably able to get the passing game going against weaker opponents, but you're right. Uh, I think what's really going to be key is the Giants injuries and who actually ends up playing or doesn't play. The Patrick Peterson thing probably isn't factored into the line, but it really should uh, because, you know, going up against a rookie quarterback like Daniel Jones, who, I mean, what five turnovers against the Patriots? What the Giants have going for them is the extra bit of rest coming off the Thursday game, and those Thursday teams have been, uh, I think, fairly strong ATS uh, this season. 
the other the other matchup that's really important as far as and big fantasy implications as well. But the Cardinals can just not figure out how to guard a tight end. I don't know what the hell's going on, but they just can't figure it out. And whether or not Evan Ingram plays, I, I know it's not going to have an impact on the line, but definitely something to keep an eye on for uh, DFS or fantasy stuff. But um, yeah, maybe it's a maybe it's a hair high, but. I think I kind of see what they're doing, setting it at three, and I could see adjustments getting made if Saquon actually uh, plays or if they get a lot of money one way or the other. Well, just to be clear, uh, Tyler Eifert heard your the giant the uh, Cardinals can't stop any tight ends at all and said, "Hold my beer," because <laughs> uh, we had a lot of him in DFS and it, it did not work out quite. There, but, are, there yes, are exceptions. Any, Yes, yes, but certainly if Ingram plays, you know, he missed Thursday night's game. Um, but if he is able to play, then he is a, a wonderful play. In the end, I, I'm going to be honest, like, I can't ever – right now I can't back the Cardinals. I mean, I, I'm in any game. I don't mean in this game. I mean in any game just because I just do not have faith in them. I actually picked the Falcons. Unfortunately, it was a little bit like the irresistible force meets the immovable object yeah. with, right, with the Falcons just completely tanking basically at this point and just not playing anymore versus the Cardinals in which I have no faith whatsoever. So in the end, I'm surprised a little bit about the line. I don't like one team. This is not a game I'm going to go near. And on Thursday, we list a game that we're avoiding, and this will probably be my game because I I just don't like it. I'm okay with the over-under. I mean, 50 is a little high for me considering Peterson's coming back, but I do expect both teams to be able to score pretty much um, at will. Yeah, I mean, if... if, yeah, the Cardinals, are they really going to win three games in a row? It does seem like the Cardinal, or uh, sorry, yeah, the Cardinals stock couldn't be higher with back-to-back wins, even though neither win was against a good team, and they certainly could have lost probably both those games as well. That's a little bit why I was surprised that the Giants were favored by three, because I kind of expected money to come in on the Cardinals here, yeah. because given the fact that they're riding high and they're coming up, thing, but the early money is not on the Cardinals, it's on the Giants. So Yeah, Giants they, still you know, kind of a public team. I get it, I get it. Bookmakers know more than I do. That's fine, I will accept it. Um, <laughs> let's move on to 49ers at the Redskins. Uh, 49ers here are laying 10. The over-under is at 42. Everything's working. For the 49ers, I mean, I thought that Kyle Juszczyk's injury would yeah. have a little bit more of an impact, but they look, I mean, look, they only put up, I think, 17 points or whatever against the Rams. So it's not as if they had an offensive juggernaut, but their defense um, has been completely suffocating. And we talked about the Redskins earlier when we were looking at the Dolphins matchup. They took advantage of that matchup, but still only 17 points. I mean, they look relatively kind of almost sort of competent with Case Keenum back there. But 10 points is a big margin to be an underdog at home. But what do you think here? 49ers laying 10 over under of 42. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, the 49ers are pro- are finally getting the respect from the bookmakers. Uh, I, I know I was skeptical of the 49ers success, and it seemed like the betting market was uh, skeptical as well. I mean, you look at that Rams line that was – that wasn't that big. And uh, yeah, I think finally now it's like, all right, they're playing a really bad team. It's on the East coast, West coast to East coast. But I, I think they're finally kind of getting the respect that they've, they've earned. I, 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 again, I wasn't a huge 49ers guy going into the season. And again, I, I thought the uh, fullback injury for the 49ers would really kind of slow down that Shanahan offense, but it just didn't. So um, it's hard not to give the, expect the 49ers to win by a decent number, especially with how historically good that uh, D line is playing. I think that's going to be kind of a nightmare situation for the Redskins 
Um, so yeah, I, I think the Redskins offensive line, uh, you know, as, as competent as they made a uh, Keenum look, I think it could be a uh, trouble for, uh, going up against this 49ers team. I really want to find value in the Redskins in this game um, because I'm just like, well, you know, they're they're coming east and, uh, you know, they're coming off this monstrous win, you know, over the Rams where they looked, you know, it's a classic, classic letdown game, but I just can't. It's one of these things where uh, these teams, you know, with the Dolphins for the first couple of weeks, you were kind of like looking at these lines. You were like, well, there's value there. there you know, yeah. there, there's value. There. They're, they're NFL teams. There's value <laughs> at these big lines. But I can't do it. Not a 10, certainly. If anything, I lean towards the 49ers. The over-under strikes me as about right. 42. I mean, it, it's not going to be a high-scoring game no matter what. Because, you know, the 49ers, as a general matter, especially without use check, I, I'm sure that does affect their offense. Again, they only put up 17 points against the Rams team that was missing a keep to leave. Um, I mean, they have a, a fine defense. But uh, overall... You know, I think the 42 strikes me as roughly correct. Let's move on here to the Jaguars at the Bengals. Jaguars are laying three, the over-under at 43.5. The Bengals managed to keep it relatively close here in Baltimore. They were never really in the game, but they ended it within six. Uh, maybe they get A.J. Green back here. Sound, you know, Zach Taylor said, we'll see today. So who knows? They obviously struggle on both sides of the ball. And meanwhile, you know, Minshew Magic looks to be running out a little bit. Uh, the Jaguars had a lot of trouble moving the ball against the Saints, but still the line felt a little bit light to me. I thought the Jaguars should have been favored by maybe four. Uh, I imagine the public's going to come in hard on Jacksonville with that line because just I think people are just avoiding the Bengals. So it makes me a little nervous that it didn't open higher, especially they were favored against the Saints, which I think surprised a lot of people. I know they were home. So, you know, it makes me a little worried because this line strikes me as it should be closer to something like four. Yeah, I do. I don't see it closing at minus three for the Jags. It does feel like you'll get up to three and a half or four. I mean, the Bengals are zero and six, and can you really make a case where you you were watching a Bengals game and thought like, "Hey, they got this. They're going to win this game." I mean, they covered against that Ravens team, but if you if you watch that game, there was kind of some fluky stuff that uh, happened as far as like a random special teams play or you know deflected int that kind of stuff. Um, and the Jaguars, even even though they lost to the Saints at home, I, I think that kind of says more about the Saints. This Jaguars team feels like a competent team. I mean, I'm not, I, I you know, I still got a little taste of Minshew mania. Uh, you know, just got my fake mustache and sunglasses in the uh, in the mail, so I got I got to hold on to it until it, until it runs out. Um, this Jaguars team just feels competent, and I can't really say the same thing for the Bengals. I think I think it's just going to be tough to get the public involved on the Bengals at plus three, even as the home dog. That's the point. I mean, the public here is going to pound the Jaguars. I, at least I'd expect them to. Um, and it makes me a little nervous when there's a line that's like, man, you guys are just begging for the public to, to pound one side of this. Uh, it makes me a little nervous that I'm missing something at this point. But yeah, I, I tried to make excuses for the Bengals for a while, you know, when they when they were beaten up by the 49ers and they, they couldn't tackle anybody. I was like, well, I mean, they look competent against Seattle. So, you know, I <laughs> yeah. don't think those tackling issues are repeatable. And it turns out that they were. I did back them, you know, against Buffalo that time, which they managed to cover um, getting six. I think they lost by four in that game. So, you know, on the road, they generally have a, a pretty good record of covering. But at this point, I, I mean... I'd love the Jaguars at three. I, I think they're. this is a game where they bounce back a little bit from, again, a game I completely agree. That's much more about the Saints' defense, which is really, really strong in shutting them down there. So I agree, and if you like the Jaguars, 
I would get in now as opposed to waiting. Let's move on to the Chargers at the Titans. Uh, the Titans here are now laying two, and the over-under is at 40.5, which really shows you what you need to know right now about the Chargers. Two teams here that are struggling. We don't know who's going to start at quarterback for the Titans at this point <laughs> after Ryan Tannehill. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know, and I'm not really sure it matters at all. I mean, I think it doesn't move the line either way because I think they're both equally sort of like, okay, fine, throw this guy out there. I guess they'll be fine. Um, meanwhile, the Chargers are just doing Charger things they're laying oh, eggs man. against the broncos and the, the steelers their offensive line is in tons of trouble they can't get into a groove offensively they can't overcome their defensive injuries i look i i have said essentially that i am never betting on a titans game right now because i don't know <laughs> which team is going to show up whenever they come and i feel kind of the same way about the chargers at this point so what do you think titans laying two over under a 40 and a half well, it's it's interesting because the the Titans when we we're doing our preview podcast over at the Sports Gambling Podcast, the Titans team were a team me and my co-host Ryan were both uh, you know against. I think I had them at six and ten, and he had them as like five and eleven, and we caught the wrath of a ton of uh, Titans fans who were like, "You don't know what you're talking about," blah blah blah. <laughs> so it's uh, I guess it's not surprising that they're uh, that they're two and four, and it's weird because. They uh, they're a super physical team and and you know they they succeed in kind of these smash mouth scenarios. Um, the Chargers' offensive line, yeah, that Pouncey injury uh, putting him on IR, that was just I mean their offensive line was in shambles to begin with, and then you take away the center, and and you're forced to play a, uh, <laughs> a basically a road game at home. The Chargers, historically, I mean, since they moved to the uh, StubHub or uh, Dignity Health Sports Park now it's called, uh, they've actually been really good on the road because essentially they're playing 16 road games. So uh, normally there's there's some value on the Chargers on the road. Matchup-wise, uh, man, I, I, don't, I don't know where this line goes from here. Um, I'd be surprised if it gets up to Titans minus three, but maybe that's where it goes. I do think the Chargers, even though they're injured, they still probably have the more talent. Hunter Henry seemed to be getting going. Um, tons of questions, uh, quarterback for the Titans. Again, these are just two super disappointing teams. Um, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if it gets to three, but again, I, I don't. Uh, this one is really tough for me to get a handle on because. If you're the betting public, like I, I don't see what's appealing on either side of this. They're, these are just two teams that have looked really, uh, frankly, gross. So I, I think this is going to be a low-volume uh, uh, betting uh, slate for the uh, for the books here. So I don't know because of the low volume, I don't see it moving a lot. But I guess I wouldn't be surprised if Titans moved to three. What's your handle you stole, on this? You stole my thunder. Yeah, uh, my sorry. my the, every no, it's good. I'd rather you talk. <laughs> um, the whole point. The, first of all, if this is not the least bet game on this <laughs> slate, I mean, I don't know. I should make a bet on it, like I do every once in a while. But um, the, nobody wants this game. I I don't think. I have no idea what the line is going to I think they're just going to try to make the line something where they're like, does anybody want to bet on this game? Like, that's what I thought the Redskins-Dolphins line one was three and a half. They were like, look, at three and a half, 
people are either like me are going to look and be like, oh, man, this is going to be close. I mean, I, I don't like either <laughs> of these teams. I'll take the extra hook and I'll go with the Dolphins. Other people are like, man, the Dolphins are the I don't care about the Redskins. You know, the Dolphins are historically bad. I'll take it. Like, I think they'll they'll try to set something. This line's going to move all over the place. I think I don't think it'll get past three in either directions, but I could see it ending with the Chargers favored i'm not even kidding like no I no really i wouldn't know. be shocked either no. I, I think they just kind of threw this two out to see what the betting public yep. uh wanted to make of this game and and yep. i guess let that let them decide yeah well i think uh if you and i are representative of the betting public we're not nobody's going to be going anywhere near this game so that that's my prediction but uh it's not something that i have a good feel for at all so before we finish up with our last few games i want to tell everyone some good news and some bad news let's start with the bad news first because that's how i like to do it our signed alvin Kamara helmet giveaway contest is over i'm going to randomly select a winner this week and announce it on thursday's show so that is the bad news contest is over now the good news it's time for our next contest and this one is a signed odell beckham jr cleveland browns helmet you can go to bettingpros.com slash contest for more details, but to enter, just leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. Now, an entry into any contest gets you automatically entered into all future contests. So maybe you're like me and you're just waiting for that Sam Darnold autographed helmet because he's your hero and he has immaculate hair. If that's ever going to be a giveaway, you would automatically be entered once you send in your entry into any contest. So take the two seconds, be kind to Sean, and send in a review. All right, let's move on here to the Saints at the Bears. Bears here are favored by three and a half. The over-under is at 39. Um, still Teddy Bridgewater here. The Saints defense is playing incredibly well, as we talked about. Meanwhile, the last time we saw the Bears, they were getting their butts kicked in London by the Raiders. I have some strong thoughts on both these numbers by the way but let, what's your what's your reaction your bears laying three and a half at home over under of 39 yeah i i was surprised uh the bears were favored by this much i i mean what what more does the betting public and the odds makers need to see out of the saints team they they went into jacksonville and played extremely good defense um i mean the jacksonville offense is it really that much different from this bears offense i mean you could Gardner Minshew, I would take him over uh, Chase Daniel right now. Uh, it's just, I- I'm pretty surprised it's this high. I mean, I normally like to fade the Saints historically, a dome team going outdoors on like kind of slow conditions. But this Saints team has just really showed that, uh, you know, their defense can travel, um, that their their offense, whatever they're doing with Bridgewater, they're keeping it simple. And They've just been really effective uh, since Drew Brees has been out. And I I guess I'm surprised that the spread is that high. Could not agree more. I I really, um, I get that the Bears can be favored in this game because they're home and they're off a bye and whatever, but no. I mean, the Saints are absolutely legitimate on defense. Really, that's what it comes down to. You can't run on the Saints, right? I mean, they, they have a great run defense. I mean, Fournette was was fine, but they have a really good run defense. I don't think David Montgomery is going to be able to do that much if they give him the touches, which you never know. So you're going to be relying on... Mitch Trubisky is coming back here, okay? that That's good, I guess, because Chase Daniel looked terrible, but 
it's not that good. It, it really, you know, if you're going to be relying on him after being off for so long, especially, I mean, remember, as bad as he's looked, he looked terrible that first game, part of it because he had no preseason reps, essentially, and he's essentially looking at that, too. He's been off for several weeks. I do not expect them to be able to move the ball very well here. So if you're telling me that you can get the Saints at more than a field goal, I mean, I would be all over that. And I'll, I'd be all over the over-under 39, too. I think ideally... Peyton wants to rely on his defense. The one time he let Bridgewater open it up was against the Bucks because that's the weakness. The weakness yeah. is they have no pass defense. They're they're okay at stopping the run, but they cannot stop the pass. So he said, all right, we're going to open this up for this one time only. Can't do that against the Bears. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I can't see a scenario where the Bears win by more than a field goal, so I, I'm shocked. I think it opened at minus four. It's already come down a little bit. So if you like the Saints as both, both of us do, I would get in now um, before it drops closer to a field goal. Because if you're getting more than a field goal, I love it. So I'm glad you had the same reaction. Because Yeah, that, honestly, uh, of all the lines this week, that one really in particular jumped out at me. Yeah, that was a good one. Let's move on here to the Ravens at the Seahawks. Really interesting game, actually, here. Uh, right now, the Seahawks are favored by 3.5, and, and the over-under is 50.5. If you would have said in the preseason <laughs> that the over-under on the Ravens-Seahawks game was going to be 50.5, no one would have believed you. Now, you've got the MVP of the league, almost certainly, as at this point, Russell Wilson. He's playing absolutely out of his mind. But the loss of Will Disley, they, I don't know if they've officially diagnosed it as a torn Achilles yet, but that's what everybody thinks. He's likely out for the season. He had kind of become an important weapon for them, and their defense has not been great. It's certainly not what it was back in its heyday. And then you've got the Ravens on the other side who have beaten the Dolphins the Cardinals, the Steelers, and the Bengals. And other than the Dolphins, they haven't won by a significant amount. So, you know, when they win, they don't really cover anyway. <sighs> Give me your thoughts on this one. Seahawks at home, three and a half over under a 50 and a half. Yeah, I, I thought um, Seahawks would be uh, favored by a little bit more. I mean, this is a tough non-conference road spot, a lot of travel for this Ravens team. And it's interesting because you're right. The Ravens and Seahawks historically have been like two grinded out physical teams and neither of the teams uh, defenses have been uh, what they've once been historically. I mean, the Ravens in particular, they just don't have that same kind of pass rush, that same kind of intensity. And again, yeah, the Ravens have beat up on some lower quality teams, but the Seahawks, you look at their schedule, it's been, uh, they've, they've won some, uh, tough games and kind of tough spots. I mean, even even going up against Cleveland last week, uh, I, I wasn't super high on Cleveland. I made Seattle my lock, but still, I give them some credit for a quality win because of how desperate that Browns team was. And again, non-conference road game, that's that, that can be easy to overlook. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a tough spot for the Ravens. I mean, again, if you normally sometimes, some people have the Seahawks home field advantage at three and a half. So to me, on a neutral field, the Seahawks and Ravens team aren't equal. I, I, I think the Seahawks are probably a point, point and a half uh, power ranking uh, by my account. So I'm surprised it's only three and a half. Yeah, you know, I think I have a little bit of a different view on this one. Now, I, you, your view, I think, is, is more of the majority view. I've seen early action coming in on the Seahawks here, both in terms of the number of bets and the money that's being laid down. I, you know, man, I just I don't trust the Seahawks team. And, and that's I, fair, I think, especially their defense. 
that's the thing. Their defense is not good. It's really, it's all Wilson right now. You know, with Brandon Williams back for the Ravens, I think they're really going to be strong against the run. You take away Disley, not that Will Disley is the be-all, end-all or anything <laughs> like that, but, you know, DK Metcalf is fine, but, he, you know, he, he's much more of a red zone threat. Tyler Lockett's great. I mean, Jerron Brown's probably not catching two touchdown passes again. The, the thing is that Wilson right now is just, playing so incredibly well that they're likely going to be able to put a point on anyone. And I don't really trust the Ravens necessarily to be able to catch up, right? I mean, Lamar Jackson ran for whatever he did this week at, you know, 150 yards. But, you know, you're not going to really be able to do that the entire time when you're playing from behind. Also, Hollywood Brown, it's not clear if he's going to be able to suit up for this one. He's kind of in wait-and-see mode. And his presence, if for no other reason, then it kind of clears out, you know, the field because of his speed. So if he doesn't play, I guess I could see it. But my early lean, oddly enough, was for the Ravens. I just it feels to me like a close game if you're getting more in the field goal, but it's something where again that's the minority position right now from what I could see. Um and the over under I also it kind of felt a little under to me. I, I don't really expect this just crazy high flying. I don't think that's realistically what the Seahawks want to be. They had to do it. They fell way behind against the Browns, so they're letting Wilson go. But I think ideally at their heart, at the way Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer want to run these games, they want to be kind of like a close, like drag it out affair, one of these things. So I could see it being like that and a little lesser scoring than most people think. So I'm a little bit on the other side, which I admit is the minority position. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying there, that um, there maybe there's some value, especially in the under, because there are two teams that like admittedly want to run the ball, want to pound the rock. But yeah, it's going up against two defenses that have, you know, had issues. So I, I, I guess that's where uh, things will shake out. But yeah, I mean, saying it's a field goal game, I, I think totally makes sense to me. The extra point, point and a half value that I think is there if you're if you're on the Seahawks, is in the situational spot and the travel and and that kind of thing. Yep, I think that all makes sense. Let's move on here to the Eagles at the Cowboys. Must win game here for both teams. Cowboys are now favored by two. I believe it opened at three. So the Cowboys laying two. Over-under is now at 49. It was at 48. You've obviously got the Amari Cooper injury here on the Cowboys side. That's a big one for them if he is unable to suit up. It's a quad bruise, so it doesn't sound structural. Um, but, you know, he missed the entire Jets game pretty much. Uh, bigger than that, however, they might be the progress of Tyron Smith and Lel Collins, their big offensive linemen. I mean, they, they neither one suited up against the Jets. One or both may suit up against the Eagles, which, you know, you need to do against that pass rush. Meanwhile, the Eagles just can't seem to get it going. You know more than anyone. You said you're an <laughs> Eagles fan. Um, their their pass defense is just not where Their run defense is uh, solid. Horrible. Their pass defense is just terrible. Um, they may get Deshaun Jackson back. I think he's probably out for another week or two, though. Um, but I, I don't know. What are your thoughts here? Cowboys laying two over under 49. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, um, you know, because the Eagles cornerbacks, uh, Darby and Mills, they're expected to return to practice. I don't know if they'll be able to go. There's so many questions at cornerback for the Eagles. Uh, to me, this just feels, I mean, both both teams kind of similar in that they've had serious injury issues. Uh, their play has been up and down. They're both 3-3. Three and three. They've lost some games they probably shouldn't have. Uh to me, this just feels like a straight three. I don't see where the adjustment off the three is. That's, I guess, to me, surprising. And it must have been a ton of uh, Philly action coming in on the plus three that that got them to move it to two because you know, traditionally the Cowboys are a 
you know, America's team, a public team. I could right. see I could see why they're off them because of the losing to the Jets, which is pretty embarrassing. But uh, that was uh, on the podcast. Uh, my co-host had the Jets as his money line uh, dog play because with both tackles out and a look ahead spot for the Cowboys, you could see you could really make the case for the Jets there. So and the Jet and the Jets being the best team in the NFL. Thanks, <laughs> yes, I appreciate exactly. that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep going. And uh, yeah, and Sam Darnold's return, uh, Sammy D slinging it all around. <laughs> I, to me, this just should feel this should just be three. I think three is where it probably will end up closing. I'm surprised we're seeing twos right now. So that's my big takeaway on this spread. Yeah, I mean the the consensus is is two, but there are certainly some threes out there. I'm looking at it now. Um, you know, I, I don't know. My guess is the early money. Uh, you know, are people you know, probably public betters? You know, looking at the Amari Cooper injury and and maybe saying, you know, they the the offense. You know, you don't wide receiver injuries don't often move the line or or shouldn't move the line necessarily that much. Um, but uh, Cooper really changes things a little bit for that offense. Michael Gallup is good. Jason Witten. Found the fountain of youth a little bit, um, but they they really don't have many other options after that. It's not a game that I feel particularly comfortable with, no matter what it is. I agree, it's three, two evenly matched teams. Cowboys are at home, seems like a three. Prime time divisional game, it's just not something where I want to go near personally because you know both teams are desperate. Um, and but in the end, if both tackles, uh, both offensive linemen play, Smith and Collins, if they both play, if Cooper plays. I'd probably lean towards the Cowboys here, especially if you can get it at anything less than three. Um, but in the end, it's just probably a game I'm not going to go too close. Yeah, it does seem like uh, I would. I mean, honestly, either side you like, I would kind of wait it out um, till later in the week because, again, it's like, will they play? But then sometimes they play, but they're not fully 100%. Like, I, I think, I guess if you like the Cowboys, maybe lock up that minus two, but. It does seem like it's worth it to to wait and see how some of these injuries progress before betting this game. Yeah, with all the health concerns, uh, it's certainly something where more information is going to help you make a better decision. Final game of the week, Patriots at Jets. Patriots here are laying 10. Over-under is at 43. We talked a little bit about the Jets. Looked very competent offensively with Sam Darnold um, against the Cowboys. I'm not sure whether or not Chris Herndon's going to be able to play here, but regardless, they can certainly move the ball. Um, Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder, uh, and even Demarius Thomas sort of helping out there. And, of course, they have Le'Veon Bell. And on the defensive side, they're solid, not spectacular, don't have great corners or anything like that. But especially if C.J. Mosley can come back, that's going to Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I'm not sure what the latest is on him. I haven't read anything yet about this week, but he's obviously been trending um, in that direction, although he wasn't questionable in like a game-time call here. He was doubtful, so he may be another week away or something like that. Meanwhile, the Pats, they continue to roll, but they did not look that dynamic against the Giants offensively. Um, they got going a little bit later, but, you know, Josh Gordon's battling injury, it's its pretty much Julian Edelman. They are getting to kill Harry back. Um, the running game really has not looked good since James Devlin went out. It's a big thing. But, you know, they can easily drop, you know, 40 points without really breaking a sweat here. So what do you think? Uh, Patriots minus 10 over under 43 in uh, New Jersey playing against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this spread sounds about right. Patriots coming off that extra Thursday rest. Their offense has really just looked bad. I mean, there's moments where you're, Tom Brady's throwing the ball and you're just like, oh, what's going on there? Uh, so it's, I guess in that sense, it's crazy to make them a minus 10 road favorite, but I think the flip side of that is this Patriots team is just 
historically good on the defensive side of the ball and they're creating turnovers they're creating points off turnovers they're making the job so easy for the offense going the other way um, that they can't help but cover these big numbers like I was on the Pats minus 16 and a half and certainly had to sweat it out a little bit but they uh, you know they came through and a lot of it is the turnovers uh, that they got off Daniel Jones a young inexperienced quarterback which they're facing with uh, Sam Darnold here um, yeah, I think if you're back in the Jets, I, I liked the case you're building there with like CJ Mosley and the defense, the Jets defensive line, I probably doesn't get enough credit for how solid it's been. Um, so if they can, you know, and this is a Monday night game, the Jets should be up for it. I think that's the yeah. case. If you're talking yourself into the Jets, I don't, if you're, if you're uh, a Pats backer and you're hoping it gets down to like nine and a half or nine, so you can put it in a tease, I'd be surprised if it dips that low i think if anything it probably uh you know gets to ten and a half maybe but this this spread feels about right yeah i think this is about right i actually think if it do, i think it's going to stay here at 10 because i think 10 is the right number i think if it does go anywhere i could see it going half a point um to nine and a half actually under the 10 because i my guess is that people will be hitting the jets here a little bit particularly if there's good news on Mosley, uh, you know, yeah. again, look, you know, you throw out, throw out completely what you saw in between game one and in between this last game, because Luke Falk is not an NFL quarterback. You can't take anything away from it. Darnold is good. The system works. It, it's really going to be, I know Adam Gase isn't a great head coach, but his system is going to be fine. They're going to be able to move the ball against. It, it's a fantastic, fantastic defense. The Jets have no offensive line whatsoever. That's that's troubling, but Darnold's mobility is able to kind of move around that. And again, they're going to be able to get pressure on Brady without blitzing too much, yeah. um, given the line. And that's the one thing that makes it not as confident. I'm always reluctant to back the Jets just because I've been a fan my entire life. And it, it's, you know, if you've done that, you've seen enough losing. Um, but it, at this, you know, at home on Monday night, that place is going to be nuts. Um, they really get up for it. I kind of see a little value in the Jets. I'm not saying that I would take it. I'm sure it won't be like a super contest pick or anything like that for me, but it, it's something where as of right now, I kind of see the value and I kind of also see the value in the over because I think that, you know, at, at 43, the Jets are going to be able to move the ball, not crazy or anything like that. The Pats have a great defense, but look, you know, they're going to, the game against the Giants wound up being, you know, relatively high scoring one way or another. The Pats are going to be able to pick, uh, to put up points. So I kind of like the over there and I kind of lean towards the Jets with the 10. Um, but it's not something where I'm like jumping for joy over or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm probably of that mindset as well, but it, it's just this Patriots team just keeps covering yeah. these big numbers and they, uh, the turnover thing could really swing this one way or the uh, one way or the other, and I, I do think, um, yeah, I do think you're. I, I like the play on the uh, over there. That that kind of makes sense. The case you're building yeah. there. Yeah, well, let's hope so, so I can at least enjoy my my Monday night uh, living <laughs> in New England as a Jets fan. But uh, anyway, go. that that's going to do it for today's show, uh, Sean. It was great having you back on. Remind everybody where they can find more of you and your work. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, check us out on the Sports Gambling Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Gambling Podcast or follow me at Sean T. Green. And, uh, yeah, we're putting three podcasts out a week. We do a uh, Daily Fantasy one, a College one, and a NFL Picks one. And, uh, yeah, so and tons of uh, blogs and free picks and all that kind of stuff over at SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Awesome. Thanks again for coming back, and I hope we can do it at least one more time before the season ends. Oh, yeah, I would love to. Really enjoy all this. Right. Thanks, man.
Yeah, thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Remember to download the BetMGM Sports app and use the promo code HARRIS to get your risk-free first wager of up to $500. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com for your chance to win a signed Odell Beckham Jr. Browns helmet. We'll be back later this week giving you some of our best bets for Week 7. I'll talk to you then. (laughs) 